Hello, Tracy. Hello, Nathan. How are you? Good. It's good to talk to you again. It is good to see you. I feel like it has been a hundred years. What, what happened? We had a global pandemic. I mean, yeah. It's it's real deal, man. It is. It's. I mean, I could joke and say it's like the zombie apocalypse, but it's not funny. It's we've. But it's, it's one it's step crazy. away. Sometimes it feels like that. Yeah. For sure. I've missed I've missed work. We've been working from home for about three and a half months now. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. We don't see each other every day. We're not locked in the office, so, you know. No, for sure. It's certainly been... Um, we've weathered it, though. I mean, I mean, it was pretty scary at first, and then we seem to have kind of adapted to a new normal. We definitely adapted, and uh, I think in this episode we, we talk a lot about that, don't we? We absolutely do. Yeah. yeah, we also talked a little bit about what's in your fridge. That's it's an important thing to keep your fridge stocked. But, you know, as you can learn in this episode, I do not do that. You do not do that. No. But we can also learn how to be resourceful. Yes. Which we discussed. Yeah. And we talk a little bit about our hobbies, what we've been doing. And personal growth. And personal personal growth, absolutely. So, uh, so listen in and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Super fries. Oh my god. And some uh, fish sticks. Am I wrong? I don't think you got one item. Right. The celery? The celery, yeah, but. And the ice cream? I don't actually get ice cream. I feel like it's too dangerous. Like I know my limits and I know that it's, I'm essentially, yeah, it's, it's too dangerous for me. I can't do it. I'll eat the whole thing in like a couple of days and. Okay, so if I were to go to your house now and open your freezer, what yeah. would I see? I don't know. You tell me. What, what, what do you guess? In your freezer right now? Yeah. What's in Nathan's freezer? And not ice cream. Right. I gave you that. I find that hard to believe. Um, okay. Well, there's there's going to be like fish sticks or chicken nuggets, and there's going to be some. Wrong. French fries. Wrong. Ground beef. Yes. Probably some leftover chili, because you said you made chili last week. That's very... I'll give you bonus points for that. Okay. Um, Stale ice cubes. (laughs) I actually... um, It's strange. I don't um, use ice cubes, because I like room temperature water. I put ice in your water. Yeah. When it's hot out, when I'm outside, it's hot. Yeah. Any other situation, room temperature. Why do you prefer room temperature water? Because you can drink it faster. You know when you have really cold water and you drink it really fast, like it hurts the top of your your mouth? Yes. Yeah. But you know that you can you like... like the optimal amount of water to be into your mouth at all times. But you can sip water all day and refresh it. You don't have to wait until you're dehydrated and then chug a gallon of room temperature water. Maybe that's just my. It's your preference. That's okay. Preference. I just I have like a binge, um, binge behavior. You have a camel approach to water yeah, consumption. All at once. So when you go on long car trips, you must never have to stop and go to the bathroom because you don't hydrate. No, I mean, you don't drink water before you go on a. Well, yeah. If you're on a road trip, yeah, you, you can get your your pit stop at the. 
Do you plan your pit spots? Do you ever go, I'm not going to drink this water because I've got another four hours to go? Yeah, it does come across my mind sometimes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know the signs of dehydration? Yeah. I'm actually very, um, I'm a big proponent for keeping hydrated. It's, uh, for the longest time, when I was a kid, I hated water. I didn't drink water. I thought it was dumb. I thought it was, like, the most bland, flavorless, like, you're a Neanderthal if you drink water. We've well, that's actually so true. It is things. boring, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I started drinking it when I was maybe, like, 12 or something. Before, I, I drink milk. I drink milk like it was water. And then it just... I, I just started disliking milk because it was just too, like, it make you all, like... Mucusy, it's gross. I, I think it's gross. So now you're not a fan. You're off milk. Yeah. So going back to your fridge. Yes. Yes. So I open the top of your fridge. Uh huh. And I'm gonna find leftover chili because you made chili last week. Right. Leftovers is a staple of Nathan's. Maybe some leftover spaghetti, spaghetti sauce. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that can be okay. Up and you do not have ice cubes because you prefer your water room temperature. Right. And then if I do have ice cubes, it's for guests. But I wouldn't have those because they'd probably be in there since I got my, be my freezer. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Fish? No fish. No, well, I and sometimes I'll have a, a thing of salmon in there. But not fish sticks. No. I don't generally get the um, frozen, like, frozen ready food. You know what I mean? Yes. I just usually get something. I, I like to cook a lot. So I'd, <laughs> I'd rather put the time and effort than get than the easy. Quick, uh, quick easy. Yeah. Okay. And... Some you're gonna have a bag of frozen veggies, probably the mixed peas and carrots. You know it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got that right. And uh, how about egos? No, I was a fan when I was a kid, but not anymore. Not no. anymore. I would do. Uh, I would make my own pancakes and then freeze the pancakes. Okay. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. All right. And then you can put them in the toaster after. Yes, you That's can. Good. That yeah. is correct. Yeah. All right. So, is there anything else in your freezer that I'm missing? Frozen orange juice. No, I do get frozen fruit, though, for smoothies. Okay, so frozen fruit, frozen veggies, And then actually, I kind of lied. I do, every once in a while, get a frozen pizza. Okay. Oh, well, you know, that's yeah. not real. That's not That's not a real substitute for food. That's like you want to get takeout. But yeah, exactly. And you don't want to spend the coin. Yeah. Yeah. Can you eat the whole pizza at once? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. It's like, yeah. it's Friday night. I'm having pizza. Yeah, that's just yeah. Me and Miss and Delicioso. That's right. Okay. There you go. All right. So then I open your fridge door. Mm-hmm. What's in your fridge? So maybe a liter of milk that might be expired because you just said you're not a fan, but you need something for your cereal. There's... I don't have cereal. Well, we haven't got to your cupboards yet. There's <laughs> some cat food. There's a can of cat food on the go. Yes. For Louie, not for you. Yes. Uh, you've probably got a couple of old apples few oranges yeah um mm-hmm. orange juice no orange juice no you're just a water guy yeah i'm water and then i'll have uh almond milk for my smoothies okay brown eggs yeah whatever eggs they got cheapest and some celery yes uh, yeah you got it all and that's everything that's in your fridge yeah it's very bare bones in there and then usually i'll have uh whatever i'm going to cook or like, I'll cook all at once. So I'll cook, like, on Sunday or Monday, I'll cook for, like, five days. So I'll have, like, 
five days worth of uh, luncheon. So essentially, dinner. you're like a man of mystery. Would that is that really strange to do? No, not really. No, I mean you're just getting what you need when you need it. But it reminds me of I had this TV show when I was a kid. I used to watch that I loved. It was called Scarecrow and Mrs. King, and Scarecrow was a spy. And Mrs. King was this single suburban mom who kind of got roped into helping him with his spy craft. Okay. And so they had this friendship, and she ended up at his apartment after a number of episodes. And uh-huh. she peeked in his fridge, and of course the suburban mom, her fridge looked very different, but his basically had a couple of bottles of beer and some moldy yeah. cheese. And I feel like it fits the, you know, the, the single bachelor stereotype. They don't have anything in their fridge. Really, all you need is that frozen pizza. Exactly. Everything else, if you're going to plan, you go out and get it when you need it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is true. So this became a, a problem when coronavirus hit because I don't save. Yes. Food. Like, I don't, I don't, have, I don't think ahead. I just, okay, I go to the grocery store this week and I'll just get for, for that week. Yes. So, yeah, this became a big problem uh, because the last time... Uh, we talked, coronavirus was getting big, and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And I started going to the grocery store, and the, it was either lined up at the door, so I didn't want to wait long, or the it was just completely bare, and I couldn't get what I needed. So it was uh, it was a difficult time, for sure. So what were you doing for food? I just moved off my mom. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. a good, honest response. Yeah. Okay. Because she is the opposite. She has, like, a deep freezer with everything, you can, like, the entire grocery store frozen food aisle in that freezer. Yes. So, and it, so well, and as do we, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole generation life thing, right? You really yeah. haven't needed to all of that, but then... When well, you, you lived through the uh, the Cold War. I did not live through the Cold War. I'm old, but I'm not that old. Wait, you, oh, wait. You're in the 60s. Well, the end of the Cold War. I was born in 1970. Um, oh. But thank you. Okay. No, I was thinking... You look lovely, the, too. I was thinking that you're the same age as my mom. Um, but no, you're younger than my mom. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. But anyway, end of the Cold War. That's true, because we did have some, uh, we did have some um, issues with uh, worrying about nuclear war and whatnot. Yeah. So... Um, but yes, I grew up on the farm, too, right? So we would can food... My parents would. I haven't really ever canned food. We canned mm. food, and we had a deep freeze where you would um, have the animals for the summer, and then you'd send send them off. You get a cow in the spring, and you feed them all summer, and then in the fall you send them off, and he came back in little brown packages that you ate all winter. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah, so here we had the deep freeze. Uh, we had a pantry with some dry goods that we've always had anyway when, when it hit. But very quickly, I mean, in the beginning, we had, uh, because we were all healthcare frontline type positions in our house, um, we tried to stay away from the stores as much as possible. And we had some neighbors who very graciously would go out and um, they would be going to the stores and they would get stuff for us and then bring it back and we'd pay electronically. And, uh, but very quickly we learned about the delivery services. It's interesting how fast. Oh, like the good food? No, not good food. It's more like, more like direct source. It's interesting how fast the economy can change when it has to. 
So we had, um, there's a, a local dairy that was doing deliveries and we'd seen and heard about them before, but I called them up in the first week or two of the pandemic and um, they would come once a week and they would provide milk, bread, eggs, butter, um, yogurt, cheese. Yeah, that's great. Yes. So I feel like that's the way it used to be. It's the way it used to be and, um, and that's the way it is now. And then we also found um, some companies that will deliver produce. So I can go online and plan, I can plan what food we're going to have. And then I can go online and order all of the produce. And then the next day they will come and deliver it. And I think typically it was like a restaurant supply mm-hmm. store, but their business, once the restaurants start right, closing, shutting down, yeah, they, they need a revenue stream as well. And excellent service. And I found that the quality of the produce is actually better than it was in the grocery stores. Really? Eh? For comparable, price was comparable. There's yeah. a small. Bit more? small fee for sure and it was feasible for us because we're a family um i don't know that it would be feasible for you because um i don't like you'd have to get in bulk right like well enough more than one enough we we certainly been eating uh, more veggies and salads and fruits which has actually been good but um if you're not a fan of salads as you have said um then yeah you would have a hard time uh cutting through it all and then we also found a meat supplier. So, and again, go online, excuse me, order what we would like, and then it comes the next day, um, either in a refrigerated uh, box, some of it's frozen, and um, I, again, better quality and comparable pricing. So, um, yeah, I feel like in terms of meat, at least, that's the way it should go mm-hmm. because, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to think about you know the ethical um, problem with f- like factory farming. Yes. Where you have like a whole bunch of meat coming from these plants that just have them, you know, in cells, and then you have this ready-to-order service where it seems to be more, uh, you know, farm like local farm-centric. And you know where it's coming from, and it's, you know... Yeah, you've eliminated a, a step in the process. in uh, Wyoming or something like that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And certainly one of the things that we've seen with the pandemic is is it very quickly highlighted the weaknesses in, all, in our systems, whether the long-term care homes or um, the meatpacking plants, yeah. right, where they had huge outbreaks. Yeah. So, Everyone's all reliant on... The status quo, you know, and if that changes, you know. You have to readjust quickly, for sure. Yes. Absolutely. And that's what we've been seeing. Um, I've heard of a lot of people, even actually, there's a, um underground economy on empties. I don't know if you know anybody, but they're talking about how alcohol consumption, because there's nothing else to do in your home. Alcohol. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, on garbage day, I, I check out the recycling bins, and everyone's throwing out their cans, their bottles. Yes. Number one, like, you can get money for that. Well, exactly. And number two, people are going crazy. Like, you, you have, like, one thing wrong happen in the world. Everyone becomes, you know, you know, drink every day, get drunk every day. It's, you know. There's nothing I'm, else I'm to not do. trying to be judgmental, but, I mean, that's, it's pretty surprising to me that people just turn to drinking that fast. I like I don't need to go to work therefore I can drink every day I think it was so acutely distressing I guess and so sudden I guess that's yeah. how people coped 
I suppose. Um, maybe because somebody had to be home homeschooling their kids all day. A little bit of yeah. uh, something to get through the day. I'm not even sure. Um, boredom. What else is there to do? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the other stores are closed. I have no idea. You're right. I have no idea exactly. I'm sure there'll be research and studies and papers on it later about consumption. Does um so when you're bored, does being bored and then also being drunk is that better than being sober bored? So you're asking me questions like I'm experienced in this. Well, in the office, you always say you know you have usually it's like a uh, you have a you know defining character you know motto, or you know catchphrase, where um. You know, something wrong happens in the office, and it's like I'm gonna go the home and have it. The camera pans to Tracy, and that's why I drink. Yeah, that's and why we the drink. audience like, oh. <laughs> that you is know? true. I am guilty. Yeah. Um, yes, whenever it's a stressful day, and you're like, get yeah, often though I say that yeah. uh, as a joke, but that's my way of. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and uh, t- to be sure, there have been days in the office where I'm like, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna have a gin and tonic, and then I go home. And I don't, but um, right. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Yes, although for sure in our house uh, there was a little bit of more wine consumed, especially in the earlier days, because we were all the news was just so bad, right. and it was just I. Those are great questions, um, but thank you for outing me as the office alcoholic. I do appreciate that. Right. Um, so I was going to go back and say, so this underground economy. The Salus Empties is one of these things. Is um, uh, co-workers of my husband? They have their son, um, who who is younger, um, you know, probably grade school, junior high age, had already been going around to the households in his neighborhood saying, "Can I take your empties?" And he'd been collecting all the empties and cashing them in, and he was making fairly good coin. You know, maybe thirty, forty bucks every week or two. Uh, just uh, that was before pandemic and then COVID hit and everybody's home and drinking the the alcohol consumption has soared Mm -hmm. and um, he is making a lot of money. And so uh, my husband's coworker was saying that there was one household. um, So sorry, he goes around and like collects from people or he goes like he goes around he collects from people so when the recycling goes out yeah yeah or they already have an agreement where they save the bottles and give them to him gotcha so he's got he already had a good business model going um but anyway one of the houses apparently that um he collects at they figure when they did the math it's like a bottle of wine per person per day Mm -hmm. in the household so that was a lot of that was a lot that's a lot of drinking. That's much, a lot of choice. How much uh, do you get back for one bottle of wine? Um, I think it's five cents for a can. Yeah. And I believe, oh, 20, 30 cents for a bottle. But right. I'm not certain. I don't uh, track the empties. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But, so. Yeah, so for him to be making 34 bucks a week, 30 or $40 a week, that's, that's a, a lot. lot of, yes. But then my husband was also talking to... Um, a massage therapist whose work had dried up during the shutdown because you can't see people. And she had taken to, on recycling days, uh, she, she told him that she would dress up like she was an old lady and of, of um, low means. And then she would go around 
and collect all the empties. So if anyone looked out the window, they would just look like um, there's a poor lady. Wait, what? Why would she disguise herself? Because that was just part of the shtick. Maybe she didn't want the neighbors to recognize her. Anyway, wow. she was. She said she was making um, about four or five hundred dollars a month, right, in the first couple months of COVID. And that people would see her going through the recycling bins and go, wait, 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 we have more. And then they'd pull out these big things of empties and she'd like, she'd go, I'm going to go get my van. And she'd go get her vehicle. And yeah, wow. so. How far did she go with the disguise? I like, don't know. I don't know. She just said that she dressed up like an old lady, <laughs> the poor old lady. Okay. Interesting. Right? So. That's right. You know. When it comes down to it, it's a way to adapt mm -hmm. and, you know, take opportunity for what's coming. That's right. People will always be resourceful and find a way to take advantage of the situation. That's right. Yeah. I guess that's the human, the human People thing. People are resilient. We try to be. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered, because uh, we haven't talked since all yeah. of this happened. I mean, we have talked. We haven't talked podcast talk. Yeah, we have on the record. On the record since all of this happened. talk. Yes, yeah. we have met for social distancing ice cream a couple times. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've chatted a little bit. But yeah. um, you finished your courses. You were taking some part-time classes. Yeah, I finished that up, but I got into, uh, I got accepted into the social work program. Right. I applied for that. So you'll be starting in, are you going to start in September? Yeah, I'm doing online classes or whatever they decide to do. Okay. Um, and that will get me, uh, you know, steps closer to the end goal which I have now decided on uh, social work. You want to be social work. You yeah. just want, need to get out of the office that yeah, we all share. Yeah, I, I don't like the office being locked into a cage. I'm a gotcha. free spirit. Y yes, you are. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for long, I, I took a long time to, to really meander and figure out exactly where I wanted to go. Spent a lot of money. Took a lot of courses where it was essentially just giving money to the man. What money to the man were you paying? I'm a little confused about that. A paying tuition for courses that... Oh, weren't doing anything. Are, uh, you know, yeah, just bullshit courses. And uh, you sit there, you listen to some guy read off a computer slide telling you about things that you learned five years ago in high school. But that worked you towards the goal of getting into your master's yeah, but program. It, it opens, you know, a bigger... It opens your eyes to a bigger issue, which is university education. And I feel like it's become fast food education in a way, where it's this, unless like in, until the, the later years, like year three, year four, year one and year two is, depending on what uh, degree you get, of course, but um, it's, yeah, cookie, cookie cutter stuff that you can learn through the internet, you know? Already no anyway, Yeah. yes. So, of interest, um, well, through all of this, one of the things I did, I guess because you inspired me. Right. Um, I signed up for a course. Um, I mean, I, it's been a long time yeah, since I've been exciting. in school. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, I was very, very proud to hear that you did this. Oh, yeah. thank you. Uh, it's going very well. But mm -hmm. I was, um, I have a big birthday coming. Well, I already said I was born in 1970, so I'm going to be 50 later this year. And I, mm -hmm. one of the things I decided is I didn't want to turn 50 and have any regrets or things on undone mm. and one of my regrets had always been um, not going back to university I have my college program right. but right. I always wanted to, to add a bachelor's onto that and um, so I 
thought. So, so, sorry, why did you want to? What what dro- drove you to? Just why why think did I feel that, that you, way? You needed that. Well, why did you need that? Yeah. Um, well, I think a couple things. I think um, one is just um, it's just personal. It's right. You just it's something that you don't have and you wish you had and you know you could have done it but you didn't do it and um, so it's just more for me to prove something to myself. Right. And then part of it, although really by the time um, I would navigate all of it, it's not super relevant. But um, in my career path, um, when, when I started out in it, it was um, uh, I certainly possessed all of the, the academic requirements. But as time has changed and the way the job is done has changed, um, growth is limited by having that piece of paper. So while I've been grandfathered into a lot of things, and I certainly have the skill set and the experience um sometimes when you look at um what when i look at what my peers are doing or what they're moving on to after doing what i do um there's certainly an educational limit now i don't think i'll ever reach that before i decide to retire but it will equip me to um do other things whatever those things are so it's interesting to me and i'm enjoying it but yes i've done it as well and so i can affirm what you're saying as somebody who is older going back and taking courses, a right, course, um, with students who are just starting out um, and looking at the content and the way things are structured, uh, it, it's some of it's quite easy just because it's, of my lived Yeah, experience. I mean, it's in a very different context. So you're going for yourself. Yeah. I'm going for a career. Yes. And the fact that all these careers need a lot of the minimum master's degree now. Mm-hmm. And what you learn in the degrees are, I would say probably, well, I mean, I'm very, it's a blanket statement, but I would say 60% of what you learn in the degree has nothing to do with the job that you actually do. And you learn more doing the job than you do in a classroom. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, aside from the fundamentals, you know, you don't want a doctor who, uh, you know just learned because he showed up and you know started cutting open people um but yeah i mean it's 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 more frustrating from my perspective because i gotta keep paying this enormous amount of money to get a chance to be considered for a job yeah for something that you know you would really rock at i feel like i would yeah you have to buy your seat at the table that's right. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a game, and, and that's one of those things. It's like when I when I graduated high school, um, it was at a time where a lot of jobs that was the minimum requirement, right? So high school education. Right? High school education. Yeah. So, but very seldom now do you see jobs where it's oh yeah high school. It's it's college or above, right? Like it's yeah. so the degree your your four year degree has become what. Uh, the high school diploma was in my mm-hmm. early career, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you're seeing the master's has become what the degree was. Everything oh, is kind of going backwards. I can't even imagine what it's going to be in like in 10 years. Like, is everyone going to need a PhD? Possibly. Like, I don't I don't get it. Everyone's going to be, oh, doctor. Hello, doctor. Oh, hi, doctor. Doctor? Doctor? That's, like, it's going to be... airplane. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a friend who um, got a job in like a high-level business position and... She really like uh, fought her way in, even though she doesn't have any kind of degree. Yeah. She has high school education, and she fought her way into here um, just through her, you know, personability. And she's doing 
the same, if not better, of a job than her peers who have this education. Yeah. Well, there's two streams. There's there's the knowledge, and then there's kind of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you can you can read how to perform CPR when somebody has a heart attack in front of you, but if somebody has a heart attack in front of you, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you're gonna know what to do. You may exactly. know, but you may not be able to to do it. Exactly. What did what did I um? Oh, what's the quote? Um, are you as educated as you are smart, or something like that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. And um, I've always said that wisdom is bad. Knowledge is important, um, but that's like book smart. And then there's wisdom that comes from um, experience in life and, and just being a watcher and learner of things. And, uh, yeah, that's – because I'm sure, I mean, we all know people who are – Smart, but not wise. Yeah. All right, yeah. so tell me what else. What are your other, uh, what's your other COVID hobbies? COVID hobbies, uh, playing a lot of video games, working out a lot, uh, making uh, a lot of gains in that respect. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of myself. Um, and cooking new recipes. And, yeah, I mean, it's kind of boring. It's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Well, uh you forgot to mention your other hobby. What's that? Well, <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> our listeners can't see you, but you have grown one amazing beard over the last oh, couple yeah. of Oh, yeah. I guess you can call that a hobby. It's like a fisherman beard. You're ready yeah. to take on the wilds of Alaska. I'm going for the Nathan of Nazareth look. You yeah. know what? I You're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting there. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't... I haven't um, yeah, I haven't shaved in a, in a long time. It's it's I'm this is I'm going doing the Nathan Book of World Record uh, hair growing here. It's amazing. So it's, it, yeah. it is actually it is an awesome beard. It's got the right color. It's like filled in beautifully. People yeah. would wish they could grow a beard like that. Yeah, I didn't know you. you had that skill in you. Yeah, I mean I I worked hard at it, but you know it just comes naturally. I it guess. Just, well, yes, it does. You're growing a beard. Yeah. Yes, but. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna keep it. I, I'm gonna see what happens here. I, I'm gonna try to learn how to shape and I, how I don't to care know, for like, it. Do you, yeah. I, I don't know how it works. It so is I an awesome learn. beard. I'd be very, very upset if you shave it off. Yeah, but it also does make me look, I'd say, minimum 15 years older than what I am. You look a little older. But it kind of matches my, the age of my soul, if if you will. I love that statement, yeah. and it does. It totally does. Yeah. yeah, and it totally goes with your. You're going to walk into well when you can walk into social work classes again, and they'll just assume you're the professor because exactly you've, you've got That's the, the look. Key. That's the key. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an awesome beard. So congratulations yeah, on that. What about you? What, what's your uh, your your go-to hobby? What's my been, my go-to for, hobby for, been for COVID? Um, well, like I said, class took up a lot of time. We're yeah, still working yeah. from home, from a distance. Um, some cooking, trying, trying new cookbooks and recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, dig- some of it digging into older books that we had, and some of it um, I've ordered a, f- a few for fun. I ordered um, the Supernatural Cookbook. Right, yeah. Because I'm a nerd and I really like that show. I saw the cookbook for a while. We brought that in, and that has been super fun. And uh, they've got some fun recipes. Pretty good food, but it's all comfort mm. food. It's diner food. Yeah. So 
Yeah, you mentioned the the devil's chili or something like that. Oh, that last week I made uh, j- uh, chili, chili dogs. So chili it dog, was yeah. it was called the devil's hot dog, and yeah. it was uh, hot dogs with this chili, and the chili had jalapeno peppers, cayenne pepper, chipotle pepper, regular chili powder. Um, it was hot. Um, on on the dog, it wasn't too bad, but if you had some of the chili separate without kind of the chili cheese to, or the the cheese and the bread and all that. It was spicy, but it was delicious. And then the week before that, I had made the um, hamburger casserole. So that was quite... Well, what int- character was that based off of? Um, it's called Winchester Surprise. Winchester Surprise. Yes, and apparently, so it was supposed to be what their mom made for them when they were little. Oh, isn't that cute? Yes. So yeah. it was good. It was actually really, really good as well, but also comfort food and not... Um, certainly, you couldn't eat like that every day. So. Do you feel closer to the characters? After eating their food? Yeah. Do you feel uh, closer to the devil when you had his chili hot dog? Oh, no, I do not. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. I feel like more of a nerd is what okay. it is. I feel like I would more belong at Comic-Con after, now that I've made some of these recipes. and You can tell uh, Dean. Dean, yeah? Yeah, Dean. You can tell Dean that you had his Winchester surprise. His, his mom's Winchester yeah. surprise. Right. Yes, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, next time, next time, if Comic-Con ever comes around again, it will. Oh, yeah, it's huge. I will, yeah, nerd. So, um, and with the other thing, I know you're giving me the look. We got to wander down, but you're going to edit this on the floor anyway. Um, the, the, other, the other cookbook, I had some Colombian food. That was it. I've been learning how to cook. Right, Something different. Yes. Also yeah. delicious. Yeah, I've been doing some um, vegetarian stuff. Yeah. Because I'm getting tired of eating a lot of meat. So what have you made? Uh, a lot of tofu, ah. stir fries and stuff. I've got a cookbook for you. I've got one of the um, Moosewood cookbooks. We'll talk offline. All right. Um, so the Moosewood was a restaurant in northern in Nithica, New York in the 70s, and it kind of was at the forefront of that hippie post, post-60s post um, vegetarian movement. Yeah. yeah, and uh, some excellent recipes. I've been, uh, I have that one. That's one of my go-tos. We made the uh, Thai salad a couple times, and it's got stir-fried tofu and um, some soups and great stuff. Right on. Yes, but you have to eat salad and greens. Oh right, yeah. I, if that's an issue, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Nathan, I am delighted to see you. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been. It's been. A, it's been a. A couple months since we've had the on-the-record talk. It is, and we'll have to have another one sooner than sooner yeah. than later. Since we can be, uh, you know, in cl- closer proximity now. Yes. Um, Although we are outside, if anyone can hear, we're in the yeah gazebo, and the birds are singing. Yeah. So don't come after us, RCMP. We're no, we're yeah. definitely more than six feet apart, and yeah. we're outside, and yeah. nobody is speaking moistly. No. No, so we're completely compliant with all regulations, guidelines, rules, and requests. Yeah, all hail Justin Trudeau. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're being good. We're being good citizens. Yeah. There you have it. All right, Nathan. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. Good to see you. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye now. Not for now.